Ladies, you deserve pleasure. You deserve to have your body worshipped. You can abandon that garbage and get back in tune with what brings you pleasure. Yes, it can be food. Yes, it can be. But the most powerful is your sex and your sexuality. What feels good? You deserve to feel it. Show us. Tell us. Balanced men who are looking to change and be a part of the change of this world want to know. You in pleasure, you experiencing your full sexuality is the life that I want to be a part of. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi, and I have my glorious man, king, partner in life with me here. What is going <laughs> on, everybody? How you doing? What's up? How's it going? I'm doing great. I have so much love in my life right now. Do you? I am counting the blessings. I'm sitting in gratitude. And it's so great to be following up on a part one of mm -hmm. a combo episode, part one, part two. We're on to part two now. Mm -hmm. of speaking on what men and women want from their feminine or masculine counterparts. Yes, this is the sequel to episode 137, which was titled What Women Want from a Balanced Masculine. Mm -hmm. And today is all about what men want from a balanced feminine. Yeah, I think even in the weeks subsequent to that first episode... We were like, oh, man, there's so much more we could do here. Yeah. Um, and, and so knowing, again, disclaiming that this isn't an all-inclusive list. This right. is something we're going to continue to talk about. But initially, this is laying the framework. It's laying the foundation of what the polar opposite energy. Does polar complement. Complement. I like it. <laughs> it doesn't have to be gender. You know, right. we say this often, but masculine and feminine does not necessarily mean man and woman mm -hmm. we are talking about energies that being said for the sake of ease we will typically be referring to masculine men in synchronization and feminine and female together so if we say yeah. man if we say woman we're typically speaking to their masculine essence for men yeah feminine essence for women but we are completely open to all types of gender identity 
and masculine or feminine identification. Yeah. It's just we can't say that every single time right. that we talk about it in you know throughout the episode. So we're putting that disclaimer out there. These energies exist in all of us to varying degrees. No one is 100% feminine. No one is 100% masculine. There is a scale and each of us fall in different places on that spectrum. Right. That scale of, you know, masculine to feminine. It's a it's a spectrum, it's a scale and at different points in our life we might be closer to one end than the other or at different days we might be expressing more of our masculine or more of our feminine. So, um just putting that disclaimer out there that this is both of these exist in all of us. And and if you've listened to any of our past episodes related to anything, you know, masculine and feminine in nature, um we we try to explain that well and we've definitely talked about it before, but if this is your first time listening, first of all, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um but yeah, we we talk about it in a spectrum uh, of masculine and feminine knowing that they're they're more like modes kind yeah. of and being able to like when i am in business mode i'm making decisions and i'm grounded and i'm solid and i'm steady and integrous like i am working from my masculine mode when you are in your feels you're telling me you're connecting with me we're you know connecting intimately that could be you kind of sitting more in your feminine or, you know, you expressing creativity is more of sure. a feminine mode. Um, so what we're going to be talking about today, though, is the essence, which is like, where do you rest? Where does it feel most natural for you when you're in balance to rest? Do you rest in the masculine or do you rest in the feminine? For me, the masculine is more of like a, a a mode that I step into, but when we're relating, I definitely have more of a feminine essence, meaning yeah. that I fall further on the feminine spectrum than the masculine spectrum, and you vice versa. Yeah, no, well explained. Um, and so today we're going to be going through what men or what masculine energy wants from women, from the feminine. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be going through, I think it's six general characteristics of what a balanced masculine is requesting from a balanced feminine. Yep. So uh, stoked <laughs> to get into it. But first. But first. I got to know. Yeah. What do you got going on in that cup? I have been obsessed. <laughs> and I don't use that word lightly. I am obsessed. I look forward to this concoction every single day. And uh, it's really simple, but it is such a, a wonderful, refreshing like afternoon pick me up. I've just been loving it lately. So what I have in my cup is a mixture of raw cow milk and uh, about a half, uh, one and a half scoops of mushy love. And I put it in uh, our electric frother and I choose the cold foam option. Mm. It doesn't really turn to foam per se, but it, it gets it really frothy and airy and kind of pumps it up a little bit. So it's more like uh, it's just more, it's like velvety in your mouth. And if y'all have a, an electric frother, or even if you don't, and you're looking into getting one, make sure you get one with the cold foam option yeah, definitely. because this is, it tastes to me like liquid graham crackers. <laughs> it does. It's, yeah. It's golden it's grams. So it's so good. I absolutely love it. Um, and if you, if you haven't heard, if you have no idea what mushy love is, I'm referring to mushy love latte. That's our, our newest baby, our mushy baby that came out a few weeks ago, getting amazing feedback from people. And I'm just stoked because we made a product that 
we actually love. No, we're obsessed with it. I, I mean, have it like, I could have it like five times a day. I mean, it's part of the reason it took so long yeah. is because we wanted it to taste good hot. We wanted it to taste good cold. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to use a bunch of sweeteners. And so like, it was a long process to come up with this thing, but it would not have felt right for us to mm-hmm. inauthentically talk about something. Even if it was like good for us, this thing needed to check every box. Yeah. Yep. It needed to, it needed to be uh, potent from a medicinal mushroom standpoint, but it also like, we just wanted it to, to be a really fun uh, tasting experience. Yeah. So yeah, there's uh, a full gram in each scoop. So mine is a, a scoop and a half. So I actually have more, but there's a full gram in each scoop of Mushy Love, 500 milligrams each of Chaga and Tremella, which are incredible medicinal mushrooms for the body, um, supporting gut health, immunity, skin hydration, and, uh, and, and just overall um, health of the cells because a healthy cell is a hydrated cell. And one of the things that I love about Tremella is that it's, it's able to pull more moisture into, this, into the skin because of its ability to hold 500 times its weight in water. So these really cool hydrating molecules work even better than something like hyaluronic acid, which is very common in the beauty industry. For It's known for pulling moisture yeah. into the skin. And studies have shown that Tremella actually can do a better job because the hydrating molecules are much smaller than those molecules of hyaluronic acid. So they see it pulling moisture into the skin basically quicker and in a more effective way because of those molecules are is so much smaller. So tons of cool fun facts about Tremella, um, but it is known as the beauty mushroom because of its ability to hydrate the skin. And when the skin is hydrated, there, it's softer, it's smoother, it's more supple, and uh, really it's just, it has more tools. Your skin and body in general have more tools to fight, I use that word carefully, but to offset the natural process of aging. Hmm. So when we equip the body with things like antioxidants and anti-inflammatory medicinal mushrooms, your body has more to work with to basically age gracefully. Yeah. We, we obviously we can't make a ton of claims uh, as it pertains to this product or really anything that we recommend. Um, but we've gotten some amazing feedback, people who have had the product now for like about a month Mm -hmm. and, uh, mentioning how well they feel from a hydration perspective, Mm -hmm. how their skin feels a significant difference. And, um, obviously we knew this thing was going to taste good and we knew the benefits of, you know, the specific ingredients that we put into this, but like, it is very fulfilling to actually Mm -hmm. hear the people who are using it proactively creating a healthy lifestyle with, uh, an ally like mushy love and like seeing the benefit of it. Yeah. It's um, really, really fulfilling. No refined sugar. You know, we, we sweeten this thing with organic maple sugar with, which is delicious and tasty, but significantly mm-hmm. less sweet than like, you know, table sugar. We didn't even use monk fruit or stevia or erythritol. Some of these really popular quote unquote natural, uh, sweeteners that are in a ton of products. Why? Well, there's a lot of uh, research coming out around gut disruption, endocrine disruption, and maple sugar, organic maple sugar, um, is one of those that can that can kind of like avoid that. Um, Non-GMO, all organic ingredients, and it tastes delicious. I think we mentioned that, but and, and that's exactly what I got going on in my cup as well. Yeah, tell me. Um, <clears throat> I like mushy love. Pretty simple, like 
eight ounces of hot water, splash of milk. That is enough for me. Mm-hmm. I've actually loved it probably most with Organifi Vanilla Protein. So mixed in a like a smoothie or a shake, I'll put my Organifi Vanilla Protein or my Keon uh, Vanilla Protein, you know, seven to ten cubes of ice, a little bit of raw milk, and a scoop or two of mushy, and it tastes like a snickerdoodle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely encourage folks, if you've got mushy, to get creative with it. Mm-hmm. It's really good as a coffee creamer. So mm-hmm. if you drop it into a mixture with like King Coffee or Organo's Black Coffee, uh, all of these, by the way, are on our, our medicine cabinet. If you go to the medicine.com, navigate to the medicine cabinet, you'll see Organifi Vanilla Protein. You'll see Keon Vanilla Protein. You'll see King and Black Coffee that we're mentioning. And uh, you can supercharge these uh, and this lifestyle that you're leaning into of holistic health and fueling your body uh, gifting your body the benefit of the warm blanket that is uh, <laughs> mushroom adaptogens in your life. Yeah. I encourage everybody to get creative. So that's what's in my cup as well. It's Mushy Love, and uh, we could not be more fired up about this product. Um, if you guys are interested uh, in, in getting Mushy Love, get mushylove.com, and uh, you can get a one-time order, one-time bag. It's 48 bucks. I think the math would shake out to about you know a buck seventy uh, per latte. And then if you want to subscribe, it's 38. So you're getting yeah. $10 off for subscription. You get delivery every uh, once a month. And then the math is like a buck 50. So mm-hmm. you're like a buck 50 per latte. You compare that to what you're getting at Starbucks. Uh, just on economics alone, you're yeah. saving a ton of money. <laughs> and then if you're looking at like the amount of sugar, um, the amount of just garbage that's in yeah. traditional coffee shop lattes, uh, it's the way to go. Thank you everybody who has uh, purchased and given us feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our gift. mushrooms were such a critical part to our story to our reconciliation Mm -hmm. thus the name mushy love it has been a catalyst for our love and this is the extension of that into the world and speaking on uh love and gifting if you use the code medicine you can actually get 10 percent off just for listening to the show we we don't share that code anywhere else but with our our listeners so uh, medicine without an e on the end so m-e-d-i-c-i-n we'll get you 10 percent off love it all, All right. right. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, cool. Uh, let's get into it. You know, I want to be able to adequately describe what it's like for genuine good men out there who are looking to evolve, who are looking to step into their masculinity. And it's been a weird, you know, it's been a weird modern time for men. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked about it a lot on the show in the past, but don't get me wrong. There's still lots of fuck boys out there. There's still lots lots of kind of like dictators, tyrannical, (laughs) patriarchal uh, men who are, who are not interested in evolving, but there's this subset of men who are, they know a change needs to happen. Mm -hmm. They know there's a, a chance for evolution, for progression into the modern version of masculinity. Yeah, the men that really, truly want to love their women well, um, but perhaps they haven't had the best examples, you know, whether that be from family or social examples, friends, social media, things like that. And uh, But they are wanting to step into a more balanced and whole version of themselves and then, you know, be able to gift their partner with what she's truly desiring from them. But I think so many guys are just kind of stuck not knowing where to start. Exactly. And they're 
they feel like they're walking on eggshells because to even have a title that says what men want from their women can get maybe a little bit charged in 2022. So what I'm saying is that this is not from a place of expectation and attachment from a dominant male that is looking for something almost like transactionally from Mm -hmm. a female. We are speaking today from the perspective of the masculine energy, the, the man who is ready to step into his masculine power and co-create with Mm -hmm. a woman who is stepping into her feminine power. Yeah. It is tough. We've got, we've had abandoned fathers. We've had decades of absentee balanced masculinity and men have been raised in a lot of cases by women. They've been raised by domineering absentee at times fathers. And there has been this mystery on what it really means to step into balanced masculinity. And so today is uh, what the balanced masculine or the man who is interested in stepping into that space is genuinely and authentically requesting from the feminine. Yeah, you can almost think of it like everything we're going to talk about today is not something that the masculine should be dependent on, you know, sticking like being careful not to be in a codependent situation you can think of it like these are things that the the feminine can gift from a loving open heart to her masculine to basically create a framework or a soil a foundation that is co-creative with her man with her her partner in general yeah and so that's how i like to think about it it's it's not something that the masculine is demanding because when you demand something you uh basically you diminish or decrease the opportunity for it to be given as a gift, which feels so much yeah. better. Yeah. So maybe before we get into the, the, the six ways that men are requesting from or the six characteristics that men are requesting from their feminine nutrients, we can say nutrients. I love it. Uh, maybe give us a recap on just feminine energy at large. Yeah. What, what are the characteristics of the divine feminine of the balanced feminine? Yeah. I think um, this obviously could be a, <laughs> whole episode in and of itself. Um, but just to refresh, I like the analogy of the the fire basin. So the we need two parts to create fire that is warm, that is contained, that is productive, that it can be useful for something. And uh, we consider like the fire basin, the stone basin to be the masculine. That is the container. He is steady, grounded, um, you can trust him, you know, and he's uh, basically that which does not change is the masculine. Uh, You could say at its ultimate essence is consciousness. And then the feminine would be the animation, the love flowing, the energy that's energizing the relationship. So we, and again, this is not just women, men have the feminine as well in them. So the feminine could be considered like the fire that is contained by the stone basin. The fire is never the same. Every second it looks different. It's constantly changing. And that, that is in its essence, you know, the feminine is that which changes. It is at its essence, love energized. Yeah. And Um, It can be explained in a bunch of different ways, but that's essentially what it is. And when you have this combo, you experience 
fire <laughs> being contained in such a way that it can provide warmth and, you know, even cook food, provide nutrition, nutrients, um, and provide light. But if that stone basin is not there, if there is no container for that wild fire, it wreaks havoc, it can kill, it can destroy. And so really we need both parts for it to be a functioning co-creative unit together. Or if, or if there's too much wood on the fire. Right. Or if the, if the container for the fire is uh, too large and stifling, there won't be a flame. And in the same way that masculinity has stifled the, f the feminine in, in many ways, uh, the analogy applies. You know, attributes like creativity, our artistry, uh, you know, surrendering open. These are feminine traits, mm -hmm. feminine characteristics. So I just wanted to lay that, that framework before we got into this. Um, so I think we can get into it. Yeah. Let's go with the first nutrient we can call them. Nutrient. Number one, <laughs> playful and creative spirit. Masculine men are looking for a woman, a feminine who has a passion and excitement for life. She is bursting with energy. She is positive and optimistic not jaded by the challenge of life. And she's comfortable in her own skin, not afraid to show the world who she is at heart. Mm -hmm. She's creative, expressive, and dedicated to unleashing her authentic self and creative energy without fear of external judgment. This is fuel for mm -hmm. a masculine's fire. That playful energy, the laugh of, uh, of a woman that can just immediately bring him back to the present moment and think of nothing else except this ball of light that mm -hmm. this woman is casting. Yeah. There's a shadow side to this as well. Yeah. And we're going to be getting into shadow sides of this as well as how to embody and just generally just why yeah. it's important to masculinity. But we want to talk about the, the shadow versions of the unbalanced mm -hmm. uh, characteristic. Yeah. It's important to understand where you fall in here and where, uh, there might be room for growth and evolution. Right. So the sh what was the shadow side of playfulness and, and a creative spirit? I think it's uber innocent, yeah. almost naive, uh, maybe lacking discernment, mm -hmm. lacking wisdom, uh, which puts her open to being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Might even put her into compliant modes of just obeying authority or looking to somebody else like child archetype outsourcing uh, decision making to others mm -hmm. and it might leave her susceptible to consistently wanting to please other people mm -hmm. including her man totally and so how can you actually just start embodying playfulness and creativity you know i think so many relationships start out playful yep and I don't know what it is. It's the spell of marriage or commitment. Maybe you move in together and the feminine is not her fault necessarily, but the feminine can lose that playfulness. Both people. Yeah, for totally. sure can. But, but I think if you talk to a lot of married men they're yeah, they would describe a cliff and I'm yeah. saying they're contributing to this cliff, Sure, but that there's a cliff with their partner where it's like, man, she used to be so fun. Mm -hmm. Now she just kind of busts my balls. Like I'm not saying that's justified, but I'm telling you that is the feedback from a lot of men in committed relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. So how do you continue this playfulness? How do you embody it? Be creative. Mm -hmm. Like creativity is innate in mm -hmm. the feminine. Lean into it. Um, have an independent life. You know, the last uh, Under the Red Hat episode we did, we talked a lot about independence and how uh, critical it is to a co-creative relationship. 
uh, work on personal boundaries. You know, we talked about the risk of, of playfulness and creativity and flowiness is not having a boundary such mm-hmm. that you get taken advantage of. So work on what are your fuck yeses and what are your fuck noes. This episode of The Medicine is brought to you by Optimal Carnivore. Question, do you know what the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet are? Answer, organ meats. Providing a hearty dose of vitamin A, zinc, copper, folate, B12, and more, but (laughs) they're not always appetizing to take down. I've tried. That's why we absolutely love Optimal Carnivore. Organ meats support and nourish our bodies in ways that synthetic or plant-derived nutrients are simply not capable of providing. Those who incorporate organ meats report feeling more energy, less brain fog, and like they're truly thriving. These are 100% grass-fed organ meats from New Zealand, freeze-dried and encapsulated into convenient bovine gelatin capsules. They choose New Zealand because it's a pure source, a pristine land with rich soil, lush greenery, and one of the cleanest environments on earth. Their products are 100% grass-finished and free of all hormones, pesticides, antibiotics, and GMOs. Our ancestors would have eaten the whole animal, so Optimal Carnivore created this unique blend of nine different organs, a powerful combination including beef, liver, brain, thymus, heart, kidney, spleen, pancreas, lung, and gallbladder. Each organ contains its own unique benefits and nutritional profile and provides a large range of nutrients that support all the major organ systems. The guys at Optimal Carnivore believe everyone deserves easy access to the most nutrient-dense foods and wanted to take the guesswork and mess out of eating organ meat. They are also giving back to the planet by planting one tree for every product sold. Our favorites are the grass-fed organ complex that I mentioned and the grass-fed liver capsules. To get some more of these essential nutrients in your life, go to amazon.com forward slash optimal carnivore and use the code the medicine to save 10% on all of their products. As always, bringing you only the best, my loves. Cheers. Yeah, and I would say with that, you know, be able to discern who you can um, trust with that playful and you know, creative type of kind of like maiden, kind of like maiden energy. And then play with your partner, Mm -hmm. like keep play alive. It was episode 77. We did an entire episode on play Mm -hmm. and how to continue to foster play in a relationship. Um, But it's, it can be as simple as just literally asking, Hey, what feels like play for you? Yeah. What feels like play for us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we, we've mentioned this, that we, we have talked about this, like using it as a dinner question where we, um, we ask each other in a very curious way, like, what were your favorite ways to play as a kid? And we talk about this in the episode, uh, number 77, kind of different ways that you can kind of understand more about your partner and each other and, and how you love to play. And then maybe, you know, when you were a kid, it was building with Legos, you know, so maybe there's an aspect of building or creating or forming something being productive with your hands that really lights you up 
how could you bring that into your life as an adult? But then going a step further would be, how can we bring it into relationship and do something together that's playful? And so really understanding how your partner, you know, connected with play as a child, you can then amplify it and kind of refine it into your adult relationship uh, with yourself and with your partner. Totally. So for me, you know, as we as we go through each of these six nutrients, I wanted to add kind of my personal take on this and how things have maybe shifted for me um, in our relationship, kind of part one compared to part two, so that people hear like real tangible ways that this can shift no matter where you're at in each of these nutrients, you can definitely shift things. Um, because I, I I know that to be true because I have. So in this specific example of kind of playfulness, I have definitely shifted in part two majorly. Um, for me specifically in part one, I was very sensitive to, jokes and pokes and it really stemmed from you know being the youngest child and kind of being the butt of a lot of jokes and being picked on and also just I wanted you to kind of I wanted you to see me as this intelligent capable worthy partner and so when there would be moments of us kind of joking around or whatever you know very innocent you know you're not hitting on like trauma or anything like that very innocent from your part I would get kind of offended or like take it too personally. And I'd be like, rude, rather than kind of leaning into the fun with you and being able to laugh at myself in these, in these innocent moments. So um, now I embrace play and have more of ability to laugh at myself. And once you get rid of that feeling of like, he's intentionally trying to hurt me right now, or he's intentionally poking me, um, maybe he is, but it, it's maybe to spark play and flirtiness. And, uh, I, I find that when we're in that mode, that it usually leads to us, like actually like touching each other or tickling or like laughing with each other till our stomachs hurt. Um, and you really just being able to laugh at yourself, your little idiosyncrasies and things like that, um, I think is really important. And it's certainly something that has shifted for us and for myself majorly. Yeah. Playfulness is intimacy it Mm -hmm. is laughter is like a form of orgasming together it's (laughs) freaking powerful and and it leads into as we wrap this first nutrient up why is this so important for masculinity to get this from their feminine tell us (laughs) masculine men can get too freaking serious Mm -hmm. too forward thinking i'm one of them (laughs) and the feminine can bring them back to play in that moment back to boyish presence. It can be a nudge to experience just the awe of the moment and get out of their head that is focused and fixed on the end goal. The other thing about play and and creativity is that men love companions on their adventure. Mm -hmm. Like think about Han Solo and Princess Leia. Think about Indiana Jones. He's He's always got a companion, powerful feminine who's able to adventure with him. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. When a feminine brings play, lightness, and levity to her man on his journey, it is the companionship he might be looking for in his masculine adventure. Mm-hmm. These are archetypes. These are played out in myth and story for a reason. Because they resonate. Because they're real. And friendship is a critical component to relationship. 
if you're always friendly, if you're always playful, you may not be taken serious. You might be friend zoned. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a balance, but it is a critical element, critical nutrient into a polarity in relationship. Yeah, and and just developing overall a, a real friendship with your yeah. partner. Um, rather than it being totally separate, like all romantic or all friendly, like uh, the best types of relationships when you, or is when you can observe people in their 60s and that you can tell they still just love being around each other because they're at their root. They are s- their best friends. Some of our most intimate moments are when we're late at night getting into bed and we're goofing off and we're playful with each other and we're just laughing like we're laughing so hard that our our like face hurts yeah. and we can't even we're like we're trying to fall asleep and we can't even do it um all right next one next characteristic next nutrient, nutrient that men are calling upon from their feminine partners yes this nutrient is a connection to her sensuality and sexuality come and, on hey this is a huge one and uh, this is a this is an easy one, I think, um, to be out of balance in one way or another. So she who is connected to her sensuality and sexuality is confident. She's passionate and magnetic. She craves deep connection and intimacy with others while also knowing how to love and care for herself. She is comfortable with the present moment and that presence is felt. She is open fully to receive pleasure in all of its forms. She is confident in her body and feels comfortable expressing her sexuality. Her energy and physicality turn the masculine on. Absolutely. (laughs) Taking this a little further, um, she is at home in her body and knows and accepts all of herself. She confronts her shadows and is not afraid of being, quote, too much. And I will just put this out there that (laughs) that is the question that I hear from so many women. And this is definitely something that has come up for me a lot is I don't want to be too much for him. I don't want to be too much. And that's constantly a question that comes up for women who are thinking about this, who are conscious to it. Not everyone is. Um, so this type of woman that I'm explaining is confident in herself to know that any man that she is attracting into her life that is conscious enough, she is not going to be too much for him. Right. It's like having trust in your partner when you're in balance, of course, to be able to hold that container, that fire basin can hold your power basically. Yeah. She is feeling passion and creativity and knows how to connect with that wild woman archetype. Totally. And of course, this is something that, you know, again, needs to be in balance. Yeah, totally. And and that's the shadow side of this. Yeah. The shadow side is overpowering with sexuality and sensuality such that it stifles other attributes of the feminine that mm-hmm. are extremely valuable. This can be used for manipulation. Sex is very powerful and can definitely be used for manipulation, control. It can actually attract unwanted drama into your life. There's a lot of emotions and a lot of things that come along with sexuality that are going to probably attract some, you know, negative energy into your life that that turns things dramatic. It also might lead to a life of vanity. 
if you are placing your identity on your sexuality and your sensual feelings, you might have a hyper obsession with the way that you look, the way that you feel, the way that you appear to others. Mm-hmm. It might put you in an unhealthy like comparison trap, uh, you know, which have self-love issues, self-esteem issues, body dysmorphia. I think that this is when the out of balanced version of this sexuality that's that's so powerful in the feminine gets wrong when it's used to to look for love mm-hmm. through the sexuality yes instead of looking for love through her heart yeah and like finding love in yourself first and then offering it in the form of your sexuality and sensuality but i think a lot of women miss that first step of finding love, finding worthiness apart from your sexuality. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times this can become out of balance when there is sexual trauma. And mm-hmm. so looking into your, to your past, looking into your sexual history, um, because it can, it can have this subconscious imprint that I am, my worth is, is from my sexuality yeah. because I was, that's what, that's how I was leveraged, manipulated when I was uh, younger or in my past. And we know that that kind of trauma can lead mm-hmm. to physical, mental, emotional pain, uh, darkness, mm-hmm. denial, like absolute destruction in one's life. And so uh, a key piece to kind of the shadow side of sexuality is really do some inner work uh, as far as like what is a balanced expression of your sexuality for you. Yeah, totally. So how how do we embody this? Um I think the first, like I said, (laughs) it always starts with us. It starts with us, uh, with our relationship to self. So forming some sort of self-love, self-appreciation practice is uh, critical. And this could be physical, you know, physically appreciating your body or just energetically or mental. Like what, what kind of thoughts are you telling yourself about yourself? So this is where I, um, would encourage people, invite people to kind of resist using self-deprecating language. Like however you talk to yourself in your own inner world, in your thoughts is really important, but then also what you're saying out loud about yourself in the in the presence of other people, you're basically teaching people how to treat you. So if you're constantly talking about you know, whatever aspect of your life that maybe you're working on or that you don't like, if you're just putting it out there in a self-deprecating way, you're then basically giving other people permission to think or say the same thing about you. And so it's like, how can we talk about ourselves and treat ourselves in a way that is uplifting and empowering? And then next, you know, you, you touched on kind of the uh, sexual trauma, abuse, shame, If you need to, seek out some sort of healer or therapist, someone you trust um, that can give you really unbiased, third-party, trained, like professionally trained um, therapy or instruction, guidance in this area of your life so that you can start peeling back the layers on maybe some past childhood relationship wounds or trauma or abuse and start to move through them in in a really conscious way. And then I think practicing sensuality and this... Sensuality often gets kind of synonymized with sex and sensuality is literally just referring to the information that we take in and express with our senses. So this could be as simple as when you're eating a meal, like closing your eyes and focusing on how the food moves around in your mouth, the different textures, the different tastes, 
what what are your taste buds like expressing to you like that is all sensuality um it could be you know a walk in nature where you don't have anything in your ears and you're just paying attention to what you're hearing and you know after five minutes you realize like holy crap there's 15 different birds chirping right now and you're kind of immersed in that sensual experience of finding pleasure in you know something as simple as listening to birds chirp um also with the the practicing of sensuality um it could be something creative like writing or art or simply just wearing clothes that make you feel sexy. So like sometimes I'll just throw on a random dress, even if I'm just sitting around the house working at my computer all day. But because I'm in that feminine flowy dress, I feel sexier. I feel more connected to my feminine energy. And then lastly here, uh, a self-pleasure practice. And this, you know, it doesn't have to be sexual. Of course, it could be if you if that's, you know, what you're needing. Um, but really finding other things that bring you pleasure. And when you're experiencing the pleasure, you you acknowledge it. So you can even say like, you're on a walk and you bury your nose in a rose and you just like fill your lungs with this like beautiful, sweet aroma. You can literally say to yourself, mm, that's so good. Or yes, more like you're inviting more pleasure into your life, but you first have to acknowledge that you're in that pleasure. So I think that's really important um, with the mundane things of, of, of the day that you can find pleasure in. Um, making yourself a romantic dinner, even if you're on your own, just engaging in pleasure, whatever that looks like for you. And then, you know, also, this has been a big one for me, showing gratitude, like physical gratitude to my body. So maybe I'm in the shower and I spend an extra two minutes just like lovingly touching my limbs and thanking them for all of what they do all day, every day for me without me even asking, you know. Um, so just having appreciation and gratitude really connects you to your body, which then connects you to your pleasure. Totally. So for me, um, looking back on how this has changed, this has been huge for me, uh, you know, coming from a very religious background, really before the age of 29, I never explored or embraced my own sensuality, sexuality. It was really ingrained in me from a very young age, as is most people in a sort of religious background, that this type of behavior, this pleasure seeking, whatever you want to call it, is quote unquote sinful. And so I was never taught what a healthy sensuality looked like. Uh, which mainly just cut me off completely from my own relationship to my body. It became very punishing. It became very um, diminishing. It became very uh, self-deprecating. And I, I know that it traces back to never having that practice when I was young of actually connecting to my body and showing it appreciation. Um, so ultimately, when I practice connection to my body, <laughs> every aspect of my life is better. Sexual intimacy for sure. My creativity with projects and my passions in the world. Nourishment through food and movement and definitely body image. When I embraced exploring my own sexuality and sensuality and not being embarrassed about it, 
especially with you, who's like, I trust you more than anyone in this world. Why would I not trust you with every facet of my sexuality and sensuality? It's because you've been stifled by culture and religion yeah. to not be sexual. That it is, going back to the point of too much, too much. Mm-hmm. That it's sinful. That it tempts men mm-hmm. by your yoni. Like, <laughs> and, and honestly, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm I'm so tired of that kind of garbage. Ladies, you deserve pleasure. Yeah. You deserve to have your body worshipped. Mm-hmm. You can abandon that garbage and get back in tune with what brings you pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yes, it can be food. Yes, it can be. But the most powerful is your sex and your sexuality. What feels good? You deserve to feel it. Yeah. Show us. Tell us. Mm-hmm. We want Balanced men who are looking to change and be a part of the change of this world want to know mm-hmm. you in pleasure, you experiencing your full sexuality is the life that I want to be a part of. <laughs> and so show us literally like if you have a self-pleasure practice, there's not a whole lot of balanced men out there who don't want to know what's going on and how they can be a part of it. Um, it's that it's that real. Sex is extremely powerful. And if we can get comfortable with these things in the bedroom and allow the feminine to experience the pleasure of what it's like to be completely surrendered and expressing every, you know, centimeter of her sexuality in the act of making love. Like, let's go, man. That mm-hmm. That is creation. Yeah. Love it. So why is this important for masculinity? If you can't read uh, the energy that's coming off of me, <laughs> that, that is just knows how important this is and powerful this is. You know, David Data says it really nicely. Uh, he says, a happy woman is a woman relaxed in her body and in her heart yep powerful unpredictable deep potentially wild you know maybe even destructive uh but also calm and serene and present always full of life surrendered to and moved by the great force of her oceanic heart let her be the ocean encourage her to be as free as the ocean as deep as the ocean as wild as the ocean and as powerful as the ocean be so full, guys, in your loving, so strong and stable in your presence that she can just let go and surrender to the limits she has put on her feelings. These limits that we're talking about, about her sexuality, right? Let the emotions of her heart flow unguarded. Let her love be expressed with no limits. Let her go mad with love. Preach. Let's oh my go, God. man. Let's that's, go. That's everything that I I want is for me for our relationship to support me going mad with love for you. This is polarity. Mm-hmm. Most men have made their women into swimming pools, but conscious masculine men are looking for polarity, practicing their grounded structure such that the feminine and her wild and powerful creativity and sexuality can co-create with masculine groundedness. This is the invite, ladies. There are guys who are practicing stability they can handle it mm-hmm. we can handle it show us what do you mean by just really quickly uh most men have made their women into swimming pools we talked about the ocean mm-hmm. and that the feminine is the ocean most men can't navigate the ocean they can't jump on a sailboat ride the winds and cruise on these you know massive waves of unpredictability that is the ocean so to protect themselves to protect the world of this unba- you know unpredictable feminine energy they take that water and put it in a little kiddie pool mm-hmm. and it's, it's dormant. Yes. It is without life. Dead. You yeah. could say. Yep. 
Hey friend, quick question. Are you on your path of self-discovery and development, but find yourself wishing you had more people around you doing the same? Maybe you've made strides in your own life, but you wish you had a more robust community of conscious individuals. I get it. <laughs> it was one thing that was sorely missing in Chase and I's marriage, a positive conscious community. We were lonely and it really started to affect us negatively. If this is resonating, I have a special invitation just for you. For the last two years, Chase and I have been attending workshops at Paul Check's house in Rainbow, California. Paul Check is an internationally renowned holistic health, fitness, and personal development expert. And each workshop has been completely unique. Mandala painting, archetypes and symbols, breath work, cold plunge, sound healing, dream interpretation, and so many more. These have had a profound effect on us individually, together, and for the future we are creating. They're always filled with new material for my soul, incredible home-cooked organic meals, and the people we meet are truly mind-blowing. So the next workshop is September 10th, focusing on inner work. Paul is going to be teaching us a variety of techniques to engage our soul, master our mind, read our emotions, and hold loving conversations with our body. We are personally inviting you to come hang with us, learn from Paul, and also build your community of aligned conscious souls. To learn more or to register, you can find the direct link in the show notes below, or you can always DM me on Instagram to learn more. We hope to see some of you there and get to hug you in person. Cheers. All right, next nutrient. All right, next nutrient, next characteristic. What are men asking for from their feminine partners? Confident and rooted in your feminine power. We're looking for ladies who are sovereign, fiercely loyal, confident in when she wants to be led and when she wants to lead herself, whether it's in romantic relationship or even like business, family. She sets goals for herself and is motivated to achieve them. This is queen energy. I think that word gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. Nobody totally knows what it means. <laughs> Understanding the importance of what it means to invest in her vitality, in her health, in her dreams. She's got a passion for living. She wants to evolve and she is looking and welcoming opportunities of growth. Not afraid of failure. She's devoted to herself, to her family, and goes all in on what she chooses to put her energy into. Yeah, so the shadow side of this kind of queen type of confidence is when it gets to the point where she's lacking empathy for those who do not also embody their power, kind of forgetting that everyone is on their own journey and she might be ahead of the person that she's it's lacking like, empathy for. It's like for. boss babe who looks down on the housewife or something. Yeah, totally. Um, this could become a, a shadow version when she overpowers others or stifles complementary masculine counterparts in her life. Uh, when she is quick to be judgmental and critical, when she feels powerful only when she is leading, not so much when she's surrendering and she's cut off from the power that is in the surrender. Right. Like, can you still be powerful when you let go? Mm -hmm. Or is your definition of power, which ends up being quite masculine, only when you're controlling everything? Yeah. Yep. 
which yeah can definitely turn into masculinity when this is sort of out of balance and i think of like the red queen um in alice in wonderland i think that's her name but anyways this emasculating energy kind of emasculating your partner every chance that you get where it's like i feel more powerful when i'm emasculating you when i'm cutting off your power and that's not true power because partners are either going to be weak together or they're going to be strong together there is there is no in between you're either in it together or you're you're weak separately totally yeah like if i'm thinking about how this is embodied and and how uh, ladies can just lean into this to this uh, characteristic to this this queen energy it's looking for growth and being interested in growth opportunities investing in those lanes take inventory of your life you know consistently check in with what needs an upgrade what needs to be let go what needs to be released um it's going to come up again but we talk a lot about finding a mentor finding a coach find a queen that you look up to hang out with her ask her questions get comfortable making decisions from your intuition that's the huge part you know if, if you're strategically mapping out how to make decisions that's more of a masculine decision making practice but lean into your intuition mm -hmm. lean into your senses yep. and make decisions from that place and be comfortable with it commit and remain loyal to things and people that you trust commitment and loyalty men and masculine energies are looking for hey i i'm trustworthy i assure you of this mm -hmm. can you trust me and can you be loyal to what we are creating yeah uh empower him empower your partner treat him as if he's the king to your queen in your collective kingdom of life i'm not saying there's a king hierarchy that is higher than the queen yeah. i'm saying you're both the rulers of your kingdom that is your life and I think also like being able to let go of the need to be perfect. Totally. Yeah. 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 Not afraid to fail. Right. So for me, what comes up for me when I think about this is I am very intentional about the women that I surround myself with. And I do not spend time with people who do not treat themselves like a queen and treat other women like queens. Um, also I would say someone, a, a woman who is, uh, degrading or emasculating her partner. Like, I don't have time for that. That's not the energy that I want in my field, you know, in my life, you know, if we're out on an event and it happens, but people that I am purposefully intentionally spending time with, it will be someone who I can look at and learn from, or we can trade ideas. Or if I speak about something like this value of empowering my partner, it's not completely lost on her. She also sees the value in it. So um, just you know, reflecting myself in this part too is I'm very intentional about the women that I put in my life and the, the women that I spend time with. They, they must have that shared value of um, empowering also the people around you, including your masculine partner. Yeah, no, I love that. So why is the masculine asking for this? Inspiration and validation. Masculinity is looking for complimentary inspiration. We're looking for her confident leadership when she is called to lead by her intuition and her senses. But we're also motivated and inspired when she's able to support us and our family and the purpose that we've uh, you know, articulated having together. Mm -hmm. Go find a guy who does not get completely lit up by the strength of his queen, by the validation 
that he is enough and their family and their purpose is worthy of her best. Mm-hmm. Thinking about like the Stark family in Game of Thrones. There's like Ned Stark and, and I forget, you know, Lady Winter, whatever the hell her name is. But like, <laughs> you know, there's and same with like in 300, I think King Le- Leonidas and, and his uh, his queen. How much strength the king pulls from the validation that his queen gives him where it's like, you know, he's, he's kind of letting his guard down a little bit and she might be like tending to his wounds or something like that. There's so much like validation and inspiration that, that the feminine can provide to masculinity that allows him to feel like he can take on the entire freaking world. Yeah. It's ultimately like, you got this. I trust you. I will follow you anywhere. And I I trust the decision that you will make. Yeah. Watch Rocky. You know, every Rocky movie, (laughs) he goes to Adrian and she like reignites his passion, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. All right. Number four nutrient here that we're going to talk about is openness. She operates, communicates, and lives in connection to a soft, open heart. She is able to self-reflect and evaluate her own walls, understanding that true intimacy is rooted in authenticity and voluntary vulnerability. This results in deep relating to those she loves, her partner, her kids, and other significant relationships in her life. When she gives feedback, she shares the truth of her heart in a way that communicates a commitment to love and growth. And taking this a little bit further, you know, kind of explaining this, like as we move through childhood and adolescence, we all, men and women alike, we all acquire functional shells or patterns to simply just get through life to function. And many times these patterns are protective in nature, sometimes to an unhealthy degree. So an example here of what I mean would be like, A young girl who observes that her father has a really bad temper and she doesn't trust him to hold space for her quote unquote negative emotions. Kids are so intuitive and they can pick up on what their parents can and cannot handle and they adjust uh, really, really quickly. Most of them, I think. And so she, in this example, she learns that she receives more quote unquote love when she suppresses her true feelings. She carries this shell into adult relationships and instead of sharing her authentic feelings, she continues the pattern with her partner. And amidst the intensity of a disagreement or a charged conversation, she gets quiet, she gets cold and eventually numb because she has never developed the skill, and it is a skill, of sharing her feelings with an open heart. So then by age 48, she's a full-blown, hard-hearted Karen who is in desperate need of a good surrendering orgasm. Yeah, totally. I mean, (laughs) like speaking of the shadow side, that's the shadow side, right? And I'm being kind of flippant there, but like it's real. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think think that exactly leading into, you know, what is the shadow of this? That's, it's the Karen. Um, I think too, like openness can also be confused sometimes with oversharing. And so people talk like they're you know super open and vulnerable but they're just like completely oversharing and emotionally dumping yeah um maybe even opening her heart too quickly and being taken advantage of lots of fuckboys out there Mm -hmm. uh they're looking for that invite um which which is ultimately just a lack of general wise woman 
Yeah, um, discernment. Discernment, yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, I just want to say, I apologize if your name is Karen. It's a tough yeah. time to be named Karen, and we're not calling anyone out no. at all. Got it's, a couple it's an in archetype. Life it's yeah. unfortunately, yeah, our neighbor. She's the sweetest lady. Her name is Karen. Yep. Um, but it's just, it's a name. It's an archetype, and it's something that everyone knows what it means. Tough so. stuff. Maybe by 2030. <laughs> so how can we embody this openness? So first, you guys know, it always starts with you. It always starts with me, myself, and my relationship to myself. So practice asking yourself in different situations, what emotion am I actually feeling right now? First, connect with yourself. What is the emotion that is coming up for me? Is it sadness? Is it embarrassment? Is it anger? Is it disappointment? Get really clear on what it is that you're actually feeling Connect with yourself first before approaching your partner so that you are you feel confident in your ability to communicate what it is that you're experiencing. And I would also say, <laughs> try not to put your man through a test he doesn't know he's taking. Totally. And women do this all the time. And I can speak from experience because I did it all the time in part one. Something doesn't go your way. Maybe you get your feelings hurt. Maybe you have a disagreement and you clam up. You shut down and you stop communicating your feelings or whatever it is, then we can proceed to put you through a test of figuring it out and come back to me when you figured it out or whatever the test is like, well, let's see if he X, Y, Z. Let's see if he's going to, let's see how long it takes him to X, Y, Z. He cannot read your mind. Do not expect him to. You're only going to be let down because it's, it, and it's completely unfair to your partner. And again, I'm speaking from experience. And I also invite you to pay attention to your body language during disagreements. So when we talk about openness, things that would support an open, soft heart, even if you are, even if you're communicating frustration or anger or disappointment, you can still communicate that with an open heart. And a lot of the, a lot of it comes back to your body language. You're an open front, like the front side of your body is open. It's not closed off, like arms crossed. Um, or, you know, in, up in a ball. Um, are you looking at your partner's eyes? Are you seeing their humanity? Are you connecting with their soul through their eyes? And then a relaxed midsection. I think we get really tense and we, you know, in disagreement, we can kind of like get really tight and tense and like take a deep breath and relax your midsection, relax your shoulders and just show that like I'm open and I'm here and I'm, I'm in this with you. And so then when you get to the point of sharing difficult emotions or giving feedback to your partner, you can use authentic but loving phrases like, what's coming up in my body right now is blank. What's coming up in my body right now is a lot of sadness. Like just speak to the actual emotion that you're feeling. Another one is, I know you really care about me, but when blank happens, I don't feel loved. I feel blank. Another one is I can feel that my tendency right now is to blank, like clam up or shut down or suppress my feelings. But I know that doesn't serve me or us. Please be patient with me as I rewrite that pattern. So just like acknowledging sometimes it just starts with acknowledging what's coming up for you and then relaying that to your partner in a way that is digestible to them where you're speaking from your own experience 
notice that I didn't say any phrases that start with you. You always do this. Yeah, you never huge. do this. I hate that you That's do this. That's penetrating. If you want to piss a guy off or anyone and immediately lose him, that, yeah. uh, that is penetrating. Yeah. So keep it within your experience, even if you are sharing things that may be difficult to share, like this is what's coming up for me. I feel this, you know, start with I statements. It's simple, but it's profound. And then I, I shared this a little bit, but the example that I referenced a few minutes ago, uh, the young girl who learned um, that her emotions were not welcome, that was me. I was speaking from my own experience as a child. Um, I was conditioned to believe from my dad and my stepmother that difficult emotions like sadness or anger didn't have room in our family discussions. Not both ways, anyhow. They were allowed to show anger and frustration, but when we as kids did it, it was not received well. So I learned really quickly, if I want to keep the peace, I'm going to have to keep these emotions inside my body, not talk about them. So that obviously, if you guys know our story, you know that that didn't go well in our marriage and we all know how that ended. Um, But in part two, this is something that I'm actively working on. I'm so much better even over the course of, you know, the last year. It's a work in progress. It's not a flip of a switch, but I am now keenly aware of my tendency to close up. So I acknowledge it inside myself first, then... (laughs) I choose differently because I already know what a closed off heart gets me and it's distance from you. And that is the last thing I want in this world. So I choose, you could say the higher road or the higher path. I choose going through that little bit of sticky resistance, choosing to share my feelings, even if it's difficult, knowing that ultimately it is productive to the co-creative nature of our relationship that I desire. And that's exactly what a balanced masculine wants. You know, we're talking about why is this so important to men? Men are freaking guessing. Men (laughs) are walking on eggshells in 2022. You know, I'm not saying it's not justified, but the hashtag me too movement put an already kind of like thin ice scenario on so many men. It just muddies the waters a lot. And so then it's wondering what in the literal F do women want again? We're ignoring the assholes who are so tunneled into patriarchal dominance and have no interest in becoming balanced men. We're not talking about these guys. We're talking about the men who are, have a genuine interest in, into stepping into their, to their balanced masculine. When the feminine is clear and authentic in the expressions of her words and emotions, like you're saying, you don't even need to necessarily use words if you're emotionally and authentically expressing uh, communication. Mm-hmm. Masculinity can pick up on it. The, the balanced masculine is looking for signals. And they will act accordingly. But if you're giving mixed signals or no signals at all and expecting him to read your freaking mind, mm-hmm. um, masculinity is innately able to numb the hints and the little nudges in the current moment because they're mission-focused, project-focused, purpose-driven. Yeah. And so with that numbing, which can be an absolute asset, like if you're hunting and you've got a thorn in your foot, masculinity literally evolved by ignoring the little nudges and the little notes of something is not. Yeah. yeah. So you got to bring him back to the present, be, Mm -hmm. be maybe over the, over the top at times, but if it's authentic, he's going to pick up on it. Yeah. John Wineland explains this really well. Um, 
evolutionarily, women's nervous systems are generally more sensitive. Men's nervous systems are generally more dense. He explains them as being dense, uh, where, like you said, they have more of an ability to turn things off and keep them off and stay sort of desensitized. And that hasn't gone away. And so if you're feeling something feminine, (laughs) um, John Wineland literally like tells women to amp it up. Yeah. If you think that you're giving him feedback that's uh, a five, he probably interprets it as a two. So like amp it up and it kind of amplify your um, whatever the feedback is, whether it's elation or pleasure or like hurt, you know. And you, that, that works if it's real and if it's yeah, honest. Yeah, right. If it's, if it's just slightly exaggerated, beautiful. But if it's to manipulate, that's when it's fucked up. Yep. Totally. Okay. We all know by now that the types of products we use on our face is critical to having clear skin that ages well. We need non-toxic. We need no pore cloggers. We need acne safe for our face. But what about the rest of our body? I have had a hell of a time finding truly clean, quality products to hydrate my legs, arms, stomach, and chest. The pore cloggers in the artificially smelly creams and lotions cause me ingrown hairs and bumps and have way too many hormone disruptors. Then I started using oil, but it always ends up getting on my clothes and my sheets. Ugh, so annoying. But now... All that is in the past because one of my favorite, absolute ride or die brands, Clearstem Skincare, has created their Soft Skin Body Lotion and Body Glow Hydrating Oil. These two are expertly formulated with ingredients like green tea, vitamin E, raspberry oil, hemp oil, and a blend of yummy botanicals. The result is the most luxurious dual hydration experience focused on giving you the texture and glow your body craves. Oh, and they smell like actual heaven. Both are anti-acne, anti-aging with zero pore cloggers and zero hormone disruptors. I've noticed that in using these two daily, the red bumps and ingrown hairs on my legs have basically all disappeared. My skin feels soft, pampered, and hydrated, like it can actually breathe. Hallelujah. (laughs) If you want to grab some of this body hydration love, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code Mimi, M-I-M-I, for a hefty discount on all Clearstem products, bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Enjoy. Um, Awesome. Characteristic number five, what nutrient are we looking for? Dude guys are looking for nurture for healing. This is the caring and compassionate woman. Mm -hmm. Women don't have to have children to know that they can nourish and take care of others. And that can be other people that can be their partners, or it can be the things that they create. You know, they want they want to nurture them and watch them bloom like the the tending to a garden. It can even like I said, it can include business, It it can include a hobby. This is the woman who is unselfish and will put others needs before her own. She's the healer. She embodies the archetype of the mother, even if she doesn't have children. She can teach the masculine to trust, follow intuition, and realize that there are natural rhythms to life that you can lean into for your own advantage. Mm -hmm. She can also connect to the inner child of others. 
which is where the healer is really embodied. We can, he the feminine can heal the inner child through that mothering nature, nature through that ability to see you at your depth, at your yeah. most vulnerable. With the mother, the masculine, and I'm not saying this isn't mommy thing. This isn't like a Freudian, I'm in love with my mom type of thing. Mm -hmm. This is being connected to and in love with the innate nurture inside of you. Mm -hmm. We can feel safe, not safe necessarily physically, but safe emotionally. And we're, we're, our emotions are protected and our well-being is cared for. The, the, the key to this is that she also deeply nurtures and nourishes herself. Yep. Unconditionally loving herself such that she can create strong, healthy relationships based on real connection. She is an alchemist with this kind of shit. <laughs> Showing men the healing power of love. She cannot do the healing for you, but she will stand by your side and use her instincts to support you. Mm, this like, that. I'm somebody who loves his mom. Yeah. Freaking love my mom. Mm -hmm. And you embody so much incredible mothering, nurturing energy. And again, this is separate from like the, I'm obsessed with my mom and he, my, you know, we have this weird like connection. There's a lot of those out there and that's probably like the shadow side of this. Um, but there is such a magic touch of nurture that masculinity needs. And I'll get into it obviously in a minute here when I talk about why this is so uh, important but it's it's legit man yeah it's it's not mothering like telling you what to do it's the mother in me that can intuit what you yep. might need in a moment yep whether that's after a, a long busy day you know things like that um which leads me into you know how do we embody this what does it look like practically I think first, understanding your partner's love languages could be really helpful, something we've talked about many times. Um, there's five different love languages. You and your partner may give and receive love in different ways. Um, I think sometimes we get lost in like, well, I'm loving you, I'm loving you, I'm loving you. Yeah. But if that's not how they interpret love, it could create some disconnect. And this, this could be a dinner question too. We talk about these all the time, these dinner questions that you guys can bring up. You can ask your partner, hey, when, you, when you're having like a really stressful day or a stressful week, how do you feel most nurtured? What would feel like so nourishing to receive when you're feeling sick, tired, or stressed? You know, the, it could be like a massage or it could be like a home-cooked meal or quality time with you or, or the family all together. Like be open to what your partner is sharing as their, their nutrition, <laughs> as their nourishing um, love from you and just be open and um, try to gift that to them if you can. And this lastly comes to practice nurturing yourself as well. And you can even use the journal prompt. If this is something that you tend to struggle with, um, is overextending yourself. And, and we kind of forgot this part that talking about the shadow side of this would be overextending yourself to the point where you're offering so much of yourself, you lose connection to your own needs and desires and priorities for health and stability. Um, so if you kind of struggle with that, if you know that you have a tendency to overgive and overextend, uh, you can literally ask yourself, you know, use a journal prompt, like, how can I support my own happiness and health today? It's really simple, but you can make it a practice really easily.
and you know, looking looking at my uh, perspective on this, how it's changed for me uh, from part one to part two is, I've always loved. It, it's always brought me so much joy being a source of nurturing love for you, my love. But different than part one, I I know that Chase doesn't need me to nurture him now, but I I offer it to him as a gift. I am attuned to his energy. So sometimes deep conversation is really nurturing. Other times after maybe a long stressful day, just sitting beside him and lightly scratching his head or his leg in silence is a nurturing gift as well. Sometimes even just like a random smile and when I'm really feeling lit up by our life and our relationship and the love that we're creating, like express that to your partner, give them a random smile and just like, oh my God, I love our life so much. Or like, I am so happy with you. I don't want to be anywhere else right now. Like that is so simple, but it can be really nourishing to to your masculine, to the masculine in general, whose nature is to provide at their essence. Like that's part of your DNA is to be able to provide. And when you can pick up on the fact that I'm so freaking happy in our life because I share it with you, that's, I think, really a gift. Yeah, absolutely nourishing. And and why is this so important for masculinity? Men put on shells. They put on these external shells. You know, the warrior and the king archetypes especially. It can be really hard to rest in this world. Like it's actually in in hustler, business culture, athlete culture, restings for the week, right? Mm -hmm. It's like push, 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 I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. There are stresses and fires like all the time that the masculine is consistently looking to take on. And that's part of the strength. It's part of their ability. One touch of nurturing love from the feminine can melt the shell. <laughs> it can literally take down the armor and place us in a state of relaxation and love. It can bring us back to breathing, back to the ground, back to the present moment where we can experience restoration. Mm-hmm. The queen, coming back to the queen and king archetypes. The queen is tending to the wounds of the king when he returns from battle, validating him honoring him Mm -hmm. it's just freaking magic it is all right last nutrient last characteristic of the feminine that that the masculine is just asking for this is the wise and intuitive woman Mm -hmm. she seeks and embodies experiential knowledge wisdom understanding looks for opportunities to model this to share it with others she has the ability to slow down become introspective and tuned into her intuition. This woman is awake AF spiritually, (laughs) and she's connected to the divine. She offers her masculine partner intuition and wisdom to guide him through his purpose or their mission together. Men and women all will look to this intuitive wise woman for guidance and insight. Yeah, so the shadow here is... When a woman might become so introverted or introspective to the point that she kind of socially isolates herself from her family, from friends, from community, this can lead to a feeling of external disconnection and deep loneliness. She may also struggle to feel a sense of belonging in this world. She may become so intellectual that she loses her intuition and hardens 
becoming more kind of masculine in nature and losing the uh, the ability the skill to to understand when she knows she needs to drop into her feminine and reconnect with her intuition yeah so embodying the wise and intuitive woman um so much of it's just studying but also in addition to using your mind it's experiencing life and yeah. put, putting that what you study and what you memorize into practice uh, sharing and teaching wisdom we all know that teaching can be one of the most incredible learning experiences yeah uh, create moments of stillness and tune in reflect just slow down I'll get, <laughs> I'll get to that in a minute more of that in a minute Strengthen your connection to the divine, to God, to spirit, to higher purpose, however you define that. You know, maybe it's meditation, maybe it's a journaling practice, maybe it's, you know, tarot card reading or oracle readings, you know, whatever connects you to divinity. And, uh, but connect with your inner self, which could be the same. Mm -hmm. Also, get out in culture, like keep one foot in the divine, keep one foot in the inner work, but also have a foot in the outer world. In, in learning from others, in contributing to, to, the, to the society that you're a part of. It, it's wildly valuable to be wise uh, as you navigate multiple landscapes. Yeah, and, and coming back to what you said in the beginning of this um, is experience, like you seeking experience. And that also ties to our first, first nutrient, the playful spirit. She is kind of adventurous, and those adventures... Sometimes they go great. Sometimes yep. they aren't, don't go so great. And from those experiences, we gain wisdom. And some of this, you know, a 21-year-old girl may not really be able to embody the wise woman yet if she hasn't really, you know, thrust herself into life and experienced a bunch of, a bunch of things. But it's something to just be aware of and uh, kind of call into your life like, okay, I want to embody this. How do I learn? How do I grow? How yeah. do I experience more? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So for me, um, reflecting back <laughs> up until about age 28, I was kind of externally intelligent but not an introspective person at all like I could get the a you know be the top of my dental hygiene class but I wasn't studying myself and ultimately I believe this stemmed from having no connection with my own intuition I was constantly looking for external answers on how to succeed how to get the right answer and be a quote you know good Christian girl but when I, I started kind of genuinely connecting to the divine in a way that was felt true to me, like asking the questions like, how do I want to interact with God? What do I want to learn in the realm of spirituality? What's lighting me up? What's my intuition nudging me towards? Not just, here's the book, read it, you know, listen to people on stage tell you how to be connected. It was, I really took ownership and it all stems from there. I think connection to the divine in me helps me stay connected to my intuition. And in that, I hope, I like to think, and you can, you know, um, probably speak to this, but like I'm acquiring so much more wisdom because I'm staying connected to the divine in myself and, and my own intuition. Totally. And, and a perfect segue into why this is so... Uh, desired from the masculine is, is to have the wise, intuitive, spiritual uh, woman as a part of his life. It 
opens him up to the same divine connection with his partner, with himself, with a greater purpose. Uh, taking a quote from from John Wineland in a, a YouTube piece that he did, oh shit, 10 years ago called The Plea to Women. He says, your surrender, your movement nourishes us. Slow down. Slow down how you speak. Slow down how you move. Remember your movement can inspire us to deep purpose. It can inspire us to spiritual openness. Your movement can inspire us to great feats of heroic. Be aware that how you move may change our whole day. Mm. So going back to a point where I said slow down, so much of the wise, intuitive, spiritual feminine is by practicing the slowdown. You're so sensitive. The feminine is sensitive, intuitive. When you slow down, you can pick up on that. Yeah. You can embody that. You can express that. And that is nourishment for masculinity. Mm -hmm. The uh, partner who's got a checklist, to-do list, grocery list, here's our calendar, everything articulated and spelled out, deep within the masculine is a scream for them to just slow down. Mm -hmm. We want to see you flow. We want to see you connect with spirit because it opens us up to that possibility of having yeah. a connection with, with great purpose. And um, so I love that piece from, from John yeah, Wineland so and, and articulates it well. That is, everybody, that is the six ways that men are requesting more from the feminine in recap. Number one, playful and creative spirit. Number two, connected to sensuality and sexuality. Number three, confident and rooted in feminine power. Number four, openness. Five, nurturing and healing. Six, wise and intuitive. And something I want to say here is th these are like, you know, buttons or levers on a keyboard of the feminine. We talked about out of balance shadow versions of this because too much or too little of one of these not, not placed in the right time can turn to something that's negative. You know, you move on to playfulness. If you're too playful, you're not going to be taken seriously. If it's too sexual, you might stifle a masculine's ability to experience pleasure. If it's uh, connected to feminine power, you might turn into a, a dictator in mm -hmm. the own relationship. You might even shift into masculinity. Openness, like we've talked about it. It can be oversharing. It can mm -hmm. be too much. Nurturing. You can nurture the hell out of your significant other and all of a sudden you turn into his mother and it's there's no longer a sexual uh, spark. Or the wise woman, you get so into self-development, you've isolated yourself and, and you, you're you a hermit and you live in a cave. Now, <laughs> what I'm saying is like, this is a balance and this is a game. Yeah. So I encourage everybody to sit in these categories, you know, mentally, maybe it's even a journaling practice and just spell out, do a check-in with yourself. Where am I at with these? Maybe it's with your significant other. Hey, where do you mm -hmm. think I'm at with these? Where are we at with this, this dance of masculine and feminine? And um, practice some of these ways to embody it. Maybe come up with your own ways of, of what feels right for you, but take a minute to look at, at how this plays in your life because everybody's you know pie chart of yeah. these various characteristics is going to look different, uh, but I think there are some deep themes here that yeah. will, will resonate. And also just approach the whole topic with curiosity and compassion yeah. for yourself. If you are listening to us and you realize like, oh shit, I'm really out of balance in this one area. And I really, you know, I do think it's something that I have an, uh, you know, an opportunity for growth. I'm going to lean into this. 
do it with curiosity and compassion for yourself. Um, try to avoid the I'm wrong, I'm bad, I, you know, I don't deserve this or that self-deprecating language that we talked about. Speak about yourself to yourself in a powerful way so that um, you don't attach uh, shame to self-evolution. When it comes, when the, when the foundation is shame and that's what's motivating you to change, we inherently as humans avoid things that are painful or shameful. And so we find ourselves avoiding real growth and real evolution. Rather, when the foundation is curiosity and compassion for wherever we're at, knowing that, hey, I'm acquiring the tools to express uh, uh, this aspect of my life differently and grow in this area then it makes it more digestible and easier to come back to when that foundation is loving and compassionate towards ourselves. Preach. <laughs> love it. I got to know before we sign off. Yeah. What, my love, is your medicine today or this week? I just got to know. My medicine. I, I didn't think about this before. I always say sex with you. <laughs> Um, I would say my medicine uh, is actually more anticipatory. <laughs> so um, I am really excited this weekend. We have a couple visitors. My cousin, who I haven't seen in a while, is coming here. We're going to spend some time with her. And then we uh, get the pleasure of, of meeting a, a friend of ours who... Um, has been an amazing uh, person and supporter of the medicine and us. And we've just gotten really close to this person. And she is coming to visit San Diego. And we're going to meet up with her. And uh, I'm just really excited to hug her in person. Shout out to Marta. You are one of one. And we're really excited to spend some time with you. So that's my medicine is getting to um, to spend quality time with uh, a couple people that I love. Heck yeah. Oh, I love it. What yeah. about you? What is your medicine, my love? Oh, my medicine in, in the last couple of weeks, um, we're working with uh, our mentor, Mr. Paul Check, uh, to bring people to his workshops. And uh, we've been able to get uh, the ability to share about the workshops with our community and um, try to funnel some folks who listen to the medicine and follow us on, on social or, or, you know, get Mushy Love or HCC. Um, to the workshops. And so that's been really fun to collaboratively work with Paul on that. Um, and it just fills me up because it's, I love getting to share things that have been transformative for my life. Yeah. And uh, I've realized the last couple of weeks as we've been, you know, talking about this on social and talking about it on the podcast, um, how much it lights me up to be able to share this with people that I care about. Um, so if you, if you are legitimately interested, uh, there's a workshop on September 10th and 11th. It's a Saturday and Sunday. Um, it'll be uh, this episode will drop Monday, and so it'll be this this upcoming weekend. So if you're in the Southern California area, there's likely still um, spots open. If there whatever reason there's not, hit us up directly. We'll we'll make sure you get in, and um, we're really we're really excited for it. We're going to be giving out mush, mushy latte um, at the event, mm -hmm. and uh, anybody who signs up and lets us know that they're coming, we're giving a, uh, doing a big giveaway. So um, we'll throw you your name into a hat for a big giveaway. Uh, Organifi protein, mushy love latte. Uh, mellow magnesium from Ned. So we're going to do like a $300 plus giveaway for anybody who joins the event. 
um, and lets us know that they're coming. Um, mm -hmm. So pretty stoked for it. Uh, we, we go to these every six to eight weeks and uh, we're, it's just been medicine for me to be able to open this up formally to our audience. Yeah, yeah I love it. If you guys are interested in learning more about the, this workshop that's coming up, just check the show notes. I'll have a link down there for you. Totally. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. guys. Thanks for you, being here. If you love the show, let us know. Yeah. Hit us let up. Let us know. You DM can share us. it. Do a review. Whatever whatever you're feeling nudged towards. We appreciate it all. All right. So we'll talk to you guys next time. Go spread some light. Okay. Bye. bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, along with the discounts, visit themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes for this episode. Until next time, cheers, boo.